Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. Good evening and welcome to our latest hustings. It's uh, rather odd to be here on a Tuesday evening, but um, what have we got this evening, Simon? So this evening we we have our our third ward hustings. Um, so we're taking a trip to Baffins, um, a highly contested ward this year, um, which we'll get into. So we are joined by uh, by three of the um, of the candidates in um, standing in Baffins this year. Um, and those are um, Jeanette Smith, who's standing as an independent, Jason Christopher, who's standing for the Labour Party, and Charlie Douglas, who's standing for the Conservatives. So welcome all three candidates. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Don't frighten me by now not being able to speak or something and we can't hear you. You can. You... <laughs> right, okay. Good evening. Good evening. Oh. I can't, believe, I can't believe they were colluding against us. That was that was very that, that was almost me. So I think it's also yeah. I think it's also important as just before we start the hustings to to just reinforce the fact that we do um, invite every candidate that we know to be standing in the ward. We approach them either through their central party or directly through social media. Um, so everyone that is standing in Baffins has been invited to come onto the show. So thank you to the three of you that have been able to come and join us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I will briefly explain the rules uh, for anybody that's um, watching or listening for the first time. Um, if you're following the live um, the live show on Facebook, um, YouTube, or Twitter, um, you can make comments on Facebook and YouTube um, and um, and uh, follow along. Um, but if you're watching it back, um, obviously the recorded live stream, um, obviously we, we won't see those. Uh, but also you'll be able to listen to the, the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So whichever your chosen provider is, um, that'll be available later this evening. Um, but also don't forget that on Thursday, the 28th, we have our Nelson hustings as well. Um, so each of our candidates um, will have a two-minute opening speech. Um, we have a submitted um, opening speech and closing speech uh, from uh, Paul Oakley-Cleef, who's, um, who's the Portsmouth Independence candidate. So we submitted that. So I will read that out on his behalf. Um, but all of the questions uh, will be put to all of the candidates that are present. Um, each of them have two minutes to answer each question. Um, and... They also have an opportunity to, once every, every candidate that's here has answered each question, they have an opportunity for a 60-second rebuttal, should they wish to do so. Um, we'll work our way through the questions, um, offering them to each of the candidates in a um, jumbled-up order so that there's not always the same person getting to answer first or last. Um, and then at the end, we'll have our closing speeches. So that's how, that's how the format runs. Um, and just a little bit about Baffins. Um, I'm sure, hopefully, the voters that are listening, I'm, I'm sure they they already know what, Baff what Baffins is is like. Um, but our little introduction of the ward is is that um, so Baffins, bordered by uh, Copner to the north, Fratton to the west, um, and Milton to the south. Baffin Baffins is given predominantly to housing, but with very very large recreational areas in the form of Milton Common, Great Sultans, and of course Baffins Pond. It also contains Portsmouth College. Um, 
And over the last three years, the number of registered electors has actually stayed roughly static in this ward, although uh, turnout has dropped by uh, just over 100 votes from uh, between 2018 and 2021. Since 2016, um, it's returned a Liberal Democrat candidate, but elected a Conservative um, in 2015 and a UKIP councillor in 2014. Um, just to reiterate what Ian was saying, we did attempt to reach out to uh, Bob, Sim Bob Simmons, the Green candidate, and Abdul Qadir, the Lib Dem candidate, um, either directly um, if we could find contact details for them or through their respective parties, but unfortunately did not receive a reply. So we have the three ca lovely candidates here this evening. That's our introduction to Baffins. Perfect. So let us go into opening addresses and to open first, Simon, on behalf of Paul. Okay, so um, so this is me reading um, Paul Oakley-Cleef's um, statement, and I'm going to put that up on the screen as well at the same time. So, um, oh, I was. Where did it go? Right, I beg your pardon. So, uh, I am Paul Oakley-Cleef. I apologise for my absence in tonight's hustings, and I wish all of the candidates taking part my best wishes, and I look forward to catching up later to hopefully listen to a healthy debate. I'm a local man. I live in Folkestone Road in the heart of Athens. I've always been keen on politics, especially on a local level, and voted my entire life. In the recent years, I've become highly displeased with the national parties and kept finding myself politically homeless. Like many others, I have always managed to keep track of local politics, and although the local parties appear on the surface to be very active, I have personally never had my door knocked by a councillor or a candidate in all the time that I've lived here. I am not overly keen in comparing what I hope to achieve to do with other candidates in the hustings today. I am sure we all have strong qualities about us and all have our weaknesses. But what I do want to say is that I truly believe if I was elected as a local councillor that I would be an ideal councillor for the people of Baffins and Mooring's Way. I have absolutely no national agenda and will be solely focused on local issues. Firstly, mainly due to my disability of losing my sight, I have no active work. This means that if elected as the local councillor, I will be able to focus on being a councillor and the local community on a full-time basis. I will be, have absolutely no ambitions to hold any additional roles within the council and want to ensure all my time and energy is spent looking after the local residents and their needs. I would look at holding at least two local surgeries a month across the ward for people to visit me with issues I plan to guarantee a response to all inquiries within 24 hours of receiving them and I aim to be seen actively engaging within the local community. I've decided to stand for the Portsmouth Independent Party as I was attracted to the fact we can be truly independent and vote on motions and topics completely freely without being forced to vote in a particular way. That means I can act in the best interest of Baffins and Mooring's way all the time. I thank you for listening and best of luck to the other candidates involved. I hope everyone can keep the campaigning and the debate as friendly and positive as possible. And that's Paul Oakley-Cleef of the Portsmouth Independent Party. So thank you, Simon, on behalf of Paul. And then can I invite Charlie um, to make your Good evening. Your thank you for having address, me on. Um, I'm Charlie Douglas. I am your Conservative candidate for Baffins. Uh, I am currently studying politics at the University of Portsmouth. Um, and have been involved in politics, well, in Pompey politics, since I was 16 years old when I met a campaigner on the street. Um, ever since then, I've been learning, listening to residents, um, how, how their lives are and what's going on on the streets. And um, over time, I decided I'd like to stand, I'd like to put my views forward and represent those people that 
that really reach out to me and where I can make a difference. Um, I don't know what more I'll say. Um, I play for Portsmouth Rugby Club, um, born and bred in Portsmouth. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Charlie. So, can I invite Jason for you to make your opening address, please? Yes, thank you, Ian. Uh, thank you, Simon. Um, I'm Jason Christopher. I'm the Labour Party candidate for Baffin's Board. I'm 54 years old, self-employed theatre technician and designer, so, um, uh, an artist and top up my income by doing um, supporting artists, uh, TV and film work. I have a wife, Sarah, who works in education for Portsmouth City, son, Mark, who is currently studying a degree in music technology at Southbank University in London. We moved to Baffins in 2013, just under nine years ago, uh, due to my wife's work, and our son went to Priory School. I worked briefly at Portsmouth City Council and a waste management firm, North Harbour, before setting up my own scenery, which ran for three years before I set up as a sole trader. Before I moved to London, London in 2011, I'd lived in Gloucestershire and worked 19 years in the Gloucestershire. I love living in Baffins and to be honest, I now can't see myself living anywhere else. I'm extremely proud to be the Labour candidate for the ward. And I promise to represent everybody from all aspects of life to the best of my ability. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. And uh, finally, and I think, Jeanette, it's, um, uh, we, we haven't acknowledged it yet, and apologies for that, that you are the current sitting councillor for Baffins Ward. Um, so I'd like to invite you to make your opening address, please. Thank you. And good evening, everybody. Um, and thank you for the invite. Um, it's a, a privilege to be here. Um, I've been your local councillor in the Baffins since 2018, and I have lived in the ward for over 20 years. I was elected as a Liberal Democrat but I became independent candidate a year later. Why? Well, promises were broken and there was a lack of vision for Portsmouth and Baffins Ward. I believe local councillors need to focus on their ward. Baffins has been underfunded for years under various administrations. As an independent councillor, my record in the last three years shows how influential I have been without the need for voting on party lines. My highlights? Um, there's been many. But the main one in, is the afternoon tea I organised for the 75th anniversary of the VE Day, which, although a year late uh, because of COVID, was a large part of the B, uh, Baffins Pond Association Fun Day success last year. It was wonderful to see local people enjoying themselves after quite a torrid time and hearing their tales of what happened in the war. As an independent, um, I have influenced the budget from Ports for Portsmouth City Council with 65k additional funding to support Family Hub. 87k for domestic violence support, 76k to support community poverty strategies, and 40k for a new countryside officer post to serve in the Baffin and Milton wards. Working with this community has been a privilege, and I, and I hope once again that, that um, I can ask people for their vote to carry uh, to continue that work in Baffin's ward. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette and Simon. Right. Okay. So thank you very much, candidates. So on to our first question. Um, so why are you standing in Baffins? And that question goes first, please, to Jeanette. Yes, thank you. Um, as I said in my um, opening sort of statement, um, I've lived in the ward for over 20 years. Um, in fact, I moved to Portsmouth. Um, I was born in Bradford uh, when I was three years old, actually on World Cup final day, believe it or not. Um, and I lived in a council accommodation at First Lane. So um, I'm, I'm an old Miltonian, really. Um, uh, went to school at Great Sultans, 
Um, and I used to walk across Milton Common to come to Great Salton's um, uh, secondary school. And I loved the area. Um, I love everything about it. I love the um, um, uh, people in it. Um, and it was enough to always said that I always wanted to live in Baffins. Uh, and I was lucky enough, and, and I say lucky, um, to be able to move to Baffins um, and settle here. Um, I wouldn't stand for anywhere else, basically. I love the area, love the community, um, and the jewel in the crown for Baffins is the open space. Um, I joke with uh, fellow councillors that I think it's the best ward in Portsmouth, um, and I maintain that. I still think it is. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and the same question, please, to Charlie. Um, so I grew up on Folkestone Road. Um, I spent a lot of my early years of my life in Baffins Ward. Um, it plays, it's the area where I have most of my childhood memories and I love, I love the green spaces and the local community is fantastic around there. Uh, I, I would like to preserve the, the sense of community and make it a space that um, families can grow and families in the future can grow and Hopefully it will be one place where I can potentially have a family and, yeah, lead my life. So that's the main reason. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and lastly then to Jason, please. Thank you, Simon. Um, I'm standing as the Labour Party candidate for Baffins Ward. In well, first and foremost, I'm a Baffins resident. I know that doesn't necessarily have to be um, the case for every, every candidate that stands in every ward, but I am a Baffins resident and I face the same issues as everyone else does. I care passionately about the ward in which I live, and I want to represent the people who live in the ward and be their voice, a strong voice for them on the City Council. I want to find ways to reduce the rising antisocial behaviour in the ward, um, as I want our streets to be safe. Everyone has the right to feel safe at all times, whether on their homes. I want to explore possible solutions to ease parking problems for residents, which is a problem that never goes away. Um, I want to look at ways to reduce littering, dog fat, normal problems that every ward seems to have. Um, I want to support local businesses and engage with local businesses and help community projects to thrive in Portsmouth. I want ways um, to invest in our youth population to help them prosper and develop their talents and skills. And I pledge to support the cleaner air in our city as well. It's kind of been overlooked a little bit for the north of Portsmouth. I want to engage in many discussions on many topics to improve our ward and our city, but only with full consultation with the people of Portsmouth. Most of all, I want to help people wherever I can, whenever I can, as far as I can. Uh, and I pledge to do so, win or lose on the 5th. I've heard many times on the doorstep that change is needed. It is. And that trust is needed. It is. And a vote for me is a vote for change, positive change, and also a vote for trust. And if you elect me as your Labour councillor on Thursday the 5th of May, I pledge to be your strong voice on the council. Yeah, thank you, Jason. And and so our next question, just ask, and, and um, Jason, you're first up for this one, um, it is to really... If you... Just wanted to check in. Oh. Sorry, did anybody else want to rebut on that one at all? I wouldn't have thought so on that one, but just to check. Thank you. Sorry, Ian. No worries. So I, I guess in the, the, the question, and there are many issues in every ward, what, what do you see as being the key issues in Baffins? And, and Jason, can I start with yourself? Thanks, Ian. Um, well, key issues, I mean, obviously, Baffins Ward does have similar issues to other wards, but mainly in Baffins, we're, we're talking about um, antisocial behaviour, parking is a big one, 
um, Moneyfields, St James's Hospital, and the prison developments, environmental issues such as pollution and the sea defences. Um, also, the continuing fight against Aquind, which, although has been defeated for now, hasn't disappeared completely, and I'm, I'm sure at some point will rear its ugly. So those, for me, are the, are the main issues in Baffins. Perfect. Thank you, Jason. And Jeanette, can I put the same question to yourself? Yeah, my um, policies and priorities actually sort of uh, match what I think are the key issues for Baffins. Um, the first one is economy, you know, pr um, promote Baffins, North Milton and South Copner, because sometimes we forget those two small areas in Baffins and attract new investment, resulting in more economic growth and local jobs. Health and well-being is number two. Support those who are socially isolated with our, within our community and continue with rebuilding from the pandemic. Uh, three, community safety. Continue to work with the police, city council, wardens to ensure the reduction of crime and antisocial behaviour. Improve public footpaths, whether they're on the open spaces or along our busiest roads. Planning. Keep green fields and open spaces green and encourage only necessary development on brownfield sites. And I would add to that one with planning, we need more social housing. Even in Baffins, we need more social housing. Um, road safety is number five. Push for the addressing of uh, traffic calming and road repairs, including requesting double yellow lines and redundant bus stops review to free parking spaces in the ward. Um, and finally, but not least, number six, which is sport and leisure. Encourage the development of sport facilities and new activities for all ages across Baffins, North Milton and South Cotton. Perfect. Thank you, Jeanette. And lastly, Charlie, what do you see as the key issues? Um, so from conversations I've had with uh, residents at the door and even through the residents survey, we found that there are four key issues that people are really concerned about. Dog fouling, of course, antisocial behaviour, parking, which is an issue, unfortunately, it's very difficult to tackle and the big one at the moment is the cost of living unfortunately um, the national government is putting some policies in place and um, they're doing what they can um, locally um, I'd like to say a thanks to Penny Mordant for the um, the Baffins pantry and all the pantries that are going out across the city which from a small cost of uh, four pounds you can have a weekly shop and it's estimated that it'll cut 700 pounds off a yearly shop um, in that, I'll also give credit where credit's due, and I'd like to thank Jeanette for not playing party politics and allowing it to go through. Um, so, thank you. Perfect. So, would anybody like to use their um, one-minute rebuttal? That's a no from everybody. In which case, I'll hand over to Simon. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much. So, our next question. Um, the Eastern Road transects the ward and is one of only three routes onto and off of the island. Uh, and it's a key part of the city's um, cycling, cycling infrastructure uh, towards Haven, if you're heading eastwards. Um, what should be done to improve the cycle infrastructure along this route without choking off the flow of cars? And I'd like to ask that question first, please, to Charlie. Uh, the Eastern Road is being wider, widened to allow safer cycling provisions. Um, the work is currently taking place. And then the next phase, I understand, is reclaiming the space alongs uh, alongside Harbourside to widen the existing pavement. Um, the first phase of the widening scheme of the Eastern Road has already started as well. Um, this is hugely welcome from us and residents as it doesn't affect the road traffic lanes as Lib Dems proposed at one point to close the southbound lanes to create a giant cycle lane, um, which we campaigned against 
Um, the new scheme is much better and I think it's widely welcome. And I know it is because of residents' response. Thank you. Okay, lovely. Thank you very much, Charlie. Um, and next, if I'd like to ask that same question to Jeanette, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's always a difficult one to try and sort of balance, you know, cycle infrastructure with uh, out um, choking off cars. Um, and Eastern Road is a, a, a typical example of that, really. Uh, in most parts, the Eastern Road is wide enough. Um, and um, Charlie's right, you know, they have um, started to sort of widen by sort of um, harbourside um, to allow a, a cycle lane and pedestrian lane. But I think what happened is we missed a trick, really, because what we do, we don't do at the council is two things. We don't go to the community, cycling community, and ask them what they need and how to keep them safe. Um, and the second one is we have councillors who think they know what the solutions are. And actually, the professional people in the council, the officers in the council, who are uh, trained professional people, can come up with ideas that sometimes are stifled. And I think we need to sort of um, stop believing that as councillors, we now have all the answers. And then when we can have those um, solutions from officers, it's then going to a wider consultation and making sure that everybody has um, a, a say in that. Um, and Eastern Road debacle was probably one of the reasons why um, it failed is because it was councillors saying we know best and we don't. Um, so um, I welcome the widening of Eastern Road, um, but I would like to see more infrastructure for cycling and more um, listening to their views on safety to make sure that the whole of the city is has a cycle infrastructure that is fit for purpose. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank um, you. And Jason. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so I, I totally agree with both what uh, um, what, what Charlie and Jeanette have said in sets of comments, it, it's a tricky one. It's a, it's a real tricky one. I don't think there's one solution that fits at all. Uh, I think that's a mistake that the council often falls into is trying to find one size fits all solution for everything. Um, certainly parts of Eastern Road do have paths and walkways that could have a, a wide or wider local path. Um, and, and as Charlie said, the, the current scheme is, is certainly better than the, the previous suggested one. Um, and there's also a sizable option in a cycle highway along a good stretch of the left-hand side of Eastern Road as you head out on the on the college side, uh, on the golf course side, where there's just greenery. It's not even currently a footpath or a cycle path. Um, you could also argue that reducing the speed limit um, could make it safer for cyclists, but that may have an adverse effect on the flow of traffic, which is already a problem at people. But more investment in cycle infrastructure, as Jeanette said, with proper research and um, planning uh, to encourage leverage, which would help the environment and ease congestion is, is probably the way forward, I would say. Thank you, Jason. Um, and would anybody like to take advantage of a rebuttal on that question, please? No? Okay, over to you, Ian. Yeah, thank you, Simon. So we know that there's a massive demand on housing in Portsmouth, and that's leading to a rise in HMOs, the houses of multiple occupancy. Are these an essential solution to a problem that can't be avoided, or are they an unnecessary drain on parking and the cohesion and the services in the ward? So what's your position on HMOs? Um, good or bad thing? Uh, and if bad, 
do you have an alternative approach? So long question, if I can ask that first to Jeanette. Yeah, thank you. Um, a difficult question. Um, if you go to London, um, they're all HMOs. That's how people live in London um, under HMOs. Um, and they have a, a public transport system that suits that way of living. Unfortunately, Portsmouth doesn't. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of, um, I think this is a good question, but a very difficult one because people have to have affordable places to live. And HMOs are sometimes the only outlet they have. Um, but we need a different relationship with um, in regards to HMOs. Um, with little um, social housing around, it's the only way people can afford to um, live. Uh, however, there needs to be enforcement of the standards and the um, of, of landlords who step out of line or are not a good landlord. Um, and there are some about. Now, the council don't have any resources to um, enforce um, HMOs and they need to look into that. Um, even though um, landlords will pay a fee uh, um, for um, to set up a HMO, um, but the standards document has not been updated since, since September 2018, which is quite a long time ago. So there may be HMOs out there that council are not even aware of, um, which is um, whether the landlords decide not to pay that fee because um, it can run into um, a couple of thousand pounds uh, for five people, uh, five bed um, HMO. Um, but we need to enforce the standards and make sure that those standards are high standards for HMO. We need more resources, more enforcement officers. Now, housing and officers and community officers um, can also integrate with HMOs to make sure they can become part of the community and bust the myths on HMOs. It's not just about parking. It's also about researching the age groups and the families who have to go into HMO for their housing needs. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette. And so, Charlie, can I ask you your, your perspective, please, on the HMO dilemma? Um, no, I don't think they're meeting the need. Um, the problem isn't with HMOs themselves. It's with some developers and bad applica uh, applications. There are some good HMOs coming through. I think the licensing, licensing department should have more of a robust policy to ensure that if a HMO, uh, if a HMO, oh, sorry, my brain's just gone, is approved, that certain license con uh, conditions are imposed and checked as uh, other authorities do, I believe like Coventry. Um, that could be a sensible way forward, uh, but we need to build more affordable housing across the country um, these issues aren't specific to Portsmouth at the moment. Myself and my partner are looking for somewhere to live and we are worried about our futures and the conversations that I have with other young people. It's a very scary time and we need to nationally look at a solution for housing. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Charlie. And so, Jason, finally, your thoughts on uh, on the HMO conundrum. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, housing uh, um, HMOs they, they need to be they needs to be regulated. Um, currently, I don't think they are. I want to say that HMOs are an easy cop out for not providing enough um, affordable housing, cramming and forcing community live with people not of their choosing. It, it just almost creates modern day sort of ghetto like problems and all the things that go with that. 
some landlords, as we know, do take advantage of the crisis by cramming as, as to get as much income as their properties as they can. They should all be licensed and regularly monitored. The number of HMOs without planning permission at the moment needs to be tightened up on. And we need to look at the impact on communities where properties have gone from family housing to multiple occupancies. The solution, I think, is to tighten licensing policies and the data currently held needs to be managed better. Thank you, Jason. So I would invite any candidate wish to use their rebuttal. No, In that, which case, I'll hand to Simon. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, so our next question, um, which I'm sure is no surprise to anybody, parking is a problem in most of the city, um, and um, that's you know Baffins is is no different. Um, most streets of housing um, have off-road parking. Oh, sorry, I don't have off-road parking, um, and this causes frustrations with people trying to find somewhere to park to be able to come to and from work or education or shopping. Um, so how can this daily frustration of finding somewhere to park be alleviated? Um, and I'd like to ask that question first, please, to Jason. Um, sorry, I had a problem with my earpiece then. Um, RPZs um, zones are the obvious solution, and when they work, they work well, um, but if they don't work for all residents, and they don't work at all. Some residents I speak to, have, um, obviously not everybody does, but some have garages and don't use them as garages um, because they get fed up with people parking in front of their garages. So a lot of the whole problem can be behaviour that needs to improve, uh, a little bit more sort of consideration when it comes to parking as well. Um, but I think more consultation with residents is needed before RPZ is, is made. Um, because the RPZs that apply it to peak hours of the day do seem to be favoured where they've been introduced. So much more can knock on an impact of enforcing a one-size-fits-all solution. Every solution I've seen so far just shifts the problem, which is no, no solution. It's it's not all time, but it's something that I do pledge to you know look at quite a lot. Thank you, Jace. Um, and the same question, please, to Jeanette. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, the thorny subject of parking, which will always uh, come up and always come into inboxes of um, councillors, and quite rightly, um, Baffins is um, uh, an area where we've got a lot of streets that have got uh, parking um, and garages. Uh, we, we, we've got an awful lot of streets also that don't have parking and sort of um, they suffer most from the parking issue. Now, um, six months ago, I asked for a, a view of WL lines and bus stops that are no longer needed uh, to free as many spaces as possible. That was uh, turned down by the administration um, and uh, didn't hear back from that. But I would push that again uh, because it might free up some spaces because there's lots of bus stops that are redundant. Um, I think the answer is we need to give people an alternative uh, to joined up public transport within the city. If people can... Um, especially in this economic times and as times are hard, um, I would favour a London-style bus um, routes um, across the city. So you can hop on and hop off the bus, whereas at now in Baffins, the buses stop at 7 o'clock at night, which is ridiculous. However, people do need their cars now, and what we need to target is the queue areas, which are, um, for example, Dover Road, Folkestone Road, um, and um, the roads the other side of Tangier Road um, with no garages encourage people to use their garage um, and um, again enforce 
Um, if people are parking across their garages to sort of free up the spaces, but to make sure that uh, there is enforcement there. Um, at the moment, the Baffins enforcement is traffic wardens will come out um, on Christmas Eve or Boxing Day night, and that's it. Um, and people will get ticketed all the time. Um, parking permits they do work, but it does put it does push the problem across the area. And also in these economic times, I'm not sure people can afford parking permits. And that's the problem. Yes, they can afford to run a car, but that's just to get to their place of work. And if they're working outside of the city, then we could at least sort of joined up some sort of uh, public transport or trains and decent trains and all that sort of thing. That's the blue sky thinking on it. How you solve parking now is going to be very difficult. And but there are a few changes you can do if you do if there is a will to do a review of how we park now and we don't so it, it's it's watching the space and i think also councillors of all different persuasions and colors and whatever need to get together to come up with a solution um and not just leave it to the lib dems because because they won't make the solution any better thank you jeanette thank you. Um, and thanks for that. Sorry, I, I let you overrun a little bit because I didn't actually give you a warning. No, that's all right. I didn't Sorry. give you a warning that you were kind of coming close to time, but you only went over, about, I think, by about 10 seconds. Um, so uh, thank you, Jeanette. Um, and the same question, please, to Charlie. So I've campaigned for a citywide parking referendum. I don't believe the current piecemeal approach where it, it just shifts the problem from one area to another with displacement where they're parking in the neighbouring roads to avoid the charges. Uh, we are an island city and there are too many cars. And honestly, I don't think there's an easy solution. In the in the past, uh, various administrations running the council had tried to get large employers and businesses to do some sort of car share schemes. Um, none of the solutions are perfect and none have seemed to, to work well. Um, some people had have said to um, us that they'd like to see a carpool club. Uh, that you can sign up for and hire when when needed. Schemes like this have worked well in bigger cities, and maybe there's scope for that here in Portsmouth. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much, Charlie. Would anybody like to make use of their 60-second rebuttal with that question, please? Okay, lovely. Thank you very much. Ian? Yeah, and I think a couple of you touched on it already. The, the subject of antisocial behaviour comes up. Uh, amongst many residents as a concern. What do you see as the root cause of antisocial behaviour and what more do you think needs to be done to tackle it? And can I ask that question first to Jeanette, please? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to be quite novel with this question because I'm not sure we know what the answers are because we never ask young people at all. We never go and um, consult with them and ask them um, what their issues are. Um, and we think um, as um, councillors who, you know, most of them are either retired or um, in their 50s, um, think we know what they want. And actually, we don't. So my guess, and it is a guess, is is the lack of prospects. They feel that, you know, what's the point on certain things? Boredom. Um, they don't feel they're, they're actually proactive in the community. They're not part of the community. Um, and most times not invited. So um, the second half of the question is, um, how do we sort of fix it? Well, the development in money fields with Pompey in the community is going to add a great deal with that. It, it will be open to all um, and will transform young people in the community. 
um, the sporting and activities between the age of three and 100. It will mix the communities, help with com community cohesion, um, health, education and mental health, which I think is going to be crucial uh, going forward in the next few years. Thank you, Jeanette. So, Charlie, antisocial behaviour, its root cause and uh, how do we fix it? Over to you. I think the root cause is a very complex and varied. Um, it also seems to change from area to area too. I do know that the Police and Crime Commissioner is working hard um, in these areas and actually across Baffins with the uh, neighbor neighbourhood policing team. Um, and that's a regular site on the streets, um, which is a visible deterrent and approachable. And I know they've tackled some pretty hard hitting anti-social issues ranging from neighborhood intimidation to arson theft so i think that's the first step in step in tackling it but it, it's it's too complex to even begin to go into what are the causes thank you thank you charlie and finally the same question to yourself jason thanks Ian. um so the root cause i believe is a, is a mixture of social issues boredom lack of reduced policing Patterns to sell on to finance other things, um, so low, low or no income. I, but I don't think we can blanket say that all antisocial behaviour is done by youngsters. Our statistics do say that a high percentage of offenders are 18 or under. Um, are there enough facilities, youth centres, support groups? I don't think there are, and I think we need, and I agree with Jeanette, that I think we need to consult with um, all of those groups a lot more and find out exactly what it is that, that they are lacking. Um, certainly park and park wardens anymore um, or adequate lighting um, and certainly I know it's you know, I live or I live in Baffins I live quite close to Milton and the park near me it doesn't at night anymore um, CCTV etc um, to act as a deterrent but everyone should have the right to feel safe um, feel that you're safe at all whether in their homes or on the streets and that's something that the Labour Party is committed to everyone being able to feel safe Excellent. Thank you, Jason. Any candidates want to come back on that? No. In which case, okay. Simon. Thank you very much. Okay, so um, so our next question. Um, the council, um, as it stands at the moment, is currently not, um, not really representative of the diversity of the people that it serves. What do you think should be done to uh, deal with that? Do you think that parties should purposefully target that, or should they only be uh, promoting um the best person um for the job sorry i'm just having a problem with my technology my end here um so yeah so i'll repeat the question um so the currently is not representative of the diversity of the people it serves should parties be actively trying to change this or should it just be looking for the best or should they just be looking for the best person for the job and i'd like to pose that question first please to charlie i think most political parties are active and welcoming i know the conservative party is uh, we have some brilliant women elected here some of the first so donna jones the first woman council leader and the first female police and crime commissioner for our area um, penny morden was the first female defense secretary we also have a high number of lgbt councillors and members from all different backgrounds uh, I, in the conservative party we welcome all diversity and i do think it strengthens strengthens us in all in in life because we understand different people's opinions different people's perspectives thank you thank you very much charlie okay so the same question please to jason um personally i'm very proud of the diversity of candidates that the labor party puts forward 
forward. I uh, also believe they are put forward in the first place as the best ward, but I strongly believe that the council should be representative of the people that it serves. Um, it should be about encouraging the best person for the role, but societal system currently doesn't necessarily lend itself to do so. There's a reluctance for people from underrepresented groups um, to come forward to stand for election. Portsmouth Labour Party, we've got um, three out of seven councillors that are women, and six out of 14 candidates are women, and five of our current candidates are black or So, yeah, I'm really proud of, of what we're doing towards that. Thank you very much. And to Jeanette, please. Yeah, thank you. Um, as an independent, you know, I can only sort of speak for myself, but I, I'm in a unique position because I was a Lib Dem and, you know, went through the candidate um, procedure from there. So it really should be the best person for the job. Um, all major parties, I think, need to do more to engage people in standing for council. Um, it's still um, seen as male dominated. Um, you know, I know Charlie sort of said about the Conservatives, but it's still male dominated in the sort of council chamber. Um, but it also encouraging candidates to actually do more in their communities before they even stand for election. Um, and and because people need to know who their community champions are and sometimes they don't and um the only time they hear of them is when they actually um are on a ballot form um so it if that happened it wouldn't matter what their background was it wouldn't matter what uh diversity background they have it will be uh i think people will warm to them as for hard-working people of their community um and then if that happened they would be elected and then diversity would change on the full council. But until people start working their wards, I think that will be difficult. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you. Um, would anybody like to make use of their 60 second rebuttal, please? OK, Ian. Yeah, so each ward gets an amount of money um, from the council infrastructure levy on new builds. I guess the question is that um, what would you like to see that money used on in the Baffins ward? And can I ask that first to yourself, Jeanette? Yeah, thank you. Um, I think first and foremost, we need to ask residents what they actually want and what would they like to see in the ward. Um, a good example of that is uh, recently um, we um, teamed up with uh, Milton Ward, um, to do a play structure for Moorings Way School that was provided by SIL from Baffins and from um, Milton. Um, and that was done in partnership with the Milton councillors. Um, and I would like to see that go towards the Copner end of the ward as well um, and do the same with um, uh, the, uh, the either whichever party's in um, as councillors in May. Um, spending of SIL projects and community projects Small amounts go a long way, and sometimes I think we aim too big. We want to spend a lot of money on one project, which is probably not the um, ideal. If we did small amounts to small community groups, I think we'd go a, a long way to aid them. Um, my own personal preference, um, I'm still sort of uh, banging the drum to have um, street art uh, at Baffins Pond um, and have a street artist project where um, they do a mural um, that's in other parts of the city in uh, um, South Sea, uh, for example, and um, have one that's done by school children and um, community groups um, to make it more melt welcoming um, and not just the ponds. But, um, but and that won't take a lot of money to do that. So 
again, it's about small amounts of money, um, but it's working in partnership with other councillors and um, some councillors think it's their money and it's not. It's for everybody. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeanette. Could I then ask the same question to Charlie? Um, I don't know how much money is in the seal pot for Baffins Ward, so it's hard to know how I spend it. Um, residents have told me, though, that they want clean streets and that's their priority. So on that basis, perhaps more bins, more recycling points, that would possibly help with that. Everything costs money, but I think it should be focused on what the community wants. And maybe we should better consult um, seal purchases with the residents when looking to spend the money. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. And uh, finally, Jason, what would you uh, look to spend the sill money on? Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to see the uh, community infrastructure levy facilities for youth, such as youth centres, uh, creative arts and drama facilities, centres for the elderly, uh, and extensive research effects that housing development has on increased traffic and parking issues before planning is agreed. We also need to learn lessons. I think from previous examples and established where all developments have actually delivered what was promised in terms of benefiting the community. Perfect. Thank you, Jason. Anybody want to come back on any of those points? Um, Jeanette. Hey, Simon. Oh, sorry. Uh, Jeanette, Jeanette just wanted Jeanette. to come back. Yeah, just come back. It's not a rebuttal, really. It's just for um, the other sort of two candidates' um, information. There's um, over £36,000, I think, in the SIL money for sort of Baffins, but more to come because it's it's linked to planning, development and um, buildings. So there's, there's sort of more to come. So um, whereas in Cotton Award, they don't get as much SIL as Baffins are because we've had sort of a few developments and Milton as well with St James's. So um, I think that's why we need to sort of spread it out a bit. But um, just for your information, that's... Um, what seal money is at the moment. We're going to get a bigger pot. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you for that Thanks, clarification. Simon. Okay. So, um, if you could change one thing about how the council operates, what one thing would you change? Um, and I'd like to put that question first, please, to Jason. My answer to this, quite simply, is I'd like to scrap elections every year. It prevents longer term strategic policies and for the year every year the council is just focused on elections when their time and resources would be better spent on getting on with the job they've been elected to do every four years would uh, have a better impact and give elected councillors more time to actually be councillors so that's the one thing i would change thank you very much um and uh can i have the same question please to jeanette um Council function, um, I'm going to sort of limit to um, council meetings. Um, so what I'd like to change is that speeches in, in full council need to be minded of diversity issues, and they're not always like that, um, and the misuse of standing orders. Uh, there's no right for any councillor to do either, and that's done on a regular basis and causes a lot of problems. Thank you very much. Um, and to Charlie, please. Um engage more widely with the public and in specific areas like Baffins people have raised issues like poor cons consultation and notification on planning issues that affect them or processes being too complicated or things like planning portal not working properly. 
I suspect there's a whole range of other things that we could put forward, um, but it'll only really become known when I'm elected and I can see the council from the inside. Thank you very much, Charlie. Um, would anybody like to make use of their rebuttal, please, on that one? No, that's okay. Um, Ian, was there an extra that we had? As we've made such such excellent time, um, we've had a uh, a bonus question submitted in the um, in the comments, and thank you to everybody who's commented. It's uh, it's lovely to see so many people getting engaged. Um, so the question is uh, for each candidate: is what is your position on e-scooters? Are they a good or a bad thing for the city? And can I ask that first to Charlie? Well, e-scooters, um, it appears they've got people out of their cars. So it's a new form of transport around the city, which is great for an area like Baffins, which I've had residents come at me and say um, that there is a need for more transport. Um, but obviously, there is a main concern with uh, safety. Uh, the statistics are showing that they're actually quite dangerous. But there are some provisions within VOI to sort of help people. Um, I, I know for a fact I've been on night out, used the e-scooter, and they do um, check whether you've been drinking alcohol, for example, so you have to do a little game, funny enough. So there are safety provisions, and actually they have got people off cars, so I, I'm beginning to like them more and more and more as it goes on. That's all I say. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Same question yourself, Jason. <laughs> Um, to be honest, I actually considered using one myself recently, having had a hip replacement, but then I, I didn't think twice about it. Um, I, I, they're a good alternative. Um, obviously, they suit some people, but like Charlie says, the, the safety aspect is, is a big, big concern. Um, I, I'm not sure how it's whether you can just, you know, at a certain age or whatever, just get one, get on one and just get on the road without any kind of, you know, sort of license of any other kind of vehicle so no road uh, or knowledge you can just get on a scooter and, and go you know um also not wearing helmets that kind of thing i think it all needs to be looked at a little bit more intensely really um i think what it it's a, sometimes it's just a, a big accident waiting to happen um i know we've had a few in the city already um so yeah i, I can see the benefits but i can can also see the pitfalls, um, but, but I think like anything like that, it, that is, you know, it needs to be regulated and monitored um, and, and controlled, really. Um, certain areas of the city would probably work better in, than in other um, but on the whole, um, I've got kind of mixed views on it, really. I think when they work, they work well. When they don't, dangerous. Thank you, Jason. And final thoughts on e-scooters from yourself, Jeanette. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think they're a good thing, and I think the voice scheme um, has been overall quite successful because it is regulated, um, and there are quite a, um, a lot of tests before you actually sort of get on a scooter. But I think that there is a problem with the unregulated scooters um, and people in private um, hands that are causing a great deal of problem, and they're they're being ridden erratically. We've had at least one death on a, a private e-scooter, which is um, very sad. Um, and it, we need to tackle that issue of the private e-scooters. Um, VOI, I think, is the way to go. And I, I would like to see all the e-scooters be under sort of VOI. It has got people out of cars. Um, I, I mostly see younger people using them, um, probably for a reason, because, you know, I, th I think if I got on a 
boy schools I'll probably fall off but it's making sure that that regulation carries on um, and people learn about the safety um, and there is a portable helmet they can also have for boy as well which folds up so um, they, they are more mindful of the safety issues but it's the private e-scooters that I have a real concern with and they, they're just driven erratically and more the more complaints I have are about private e-scooters than boy. Perfect. Thank you, everybody. Anybody like to use their um, rebuttal? No, everybody's good on that one. Marvellous. Well, that brings us to the end of our questions. Um, so uh, thank you all for, um, for for going for that. It's now a chance for the closing address. And uh, first off, Simon, on behalf of Paul. So uh, this is uh, Paul Oakley-Cleef's um, statement. I will keep my closing statement short. I truly believe that the local council should be run by a locally focused party. We don't need a national uh, party representing us in council. National party politics in local councils creates divides between groups and complexities that don't need to exist. If Portsmouth Council was run solely by uh, was run solely by independent councillors, then our city would be much better place to live in, and the council would be run more effectively. This doesn't mean to say that we aren't there aren't currently good councillors within our council. There are many fantastic ones, but even those currently elected councillors would be more effective for their communities if they were truly independent from national party policies. Um, and sorry, I'm just waiting for my screen to update. Sorry, beg your pardon. Um, I believe it is clear that this year in Baffins and Moorings Way, there is only two possible out there are only two possible outcomes: a Liberal Democrat winner or myself for the Portsmouth Independence Party. If you usually vote Conservative or Labour, then please consider voting for me this year, as I'm the only candidate able to beat the Liberal Democrats this year. Whichever way you choose to vote, the important thing you is you do vote. Most countries around the world don't have the luxury of having free and open elections, so please use this opportunity to get out and have your say on how you want your local council run. Best of luck to all the candidates across all wards in the city and thank you to Simon and Ian for hosting these hustings. And that's a closing statement from Paul Oakley-Cleef, the Portsmouth Independence Party candidate. Thank you, Simon, on behalf of Paul. So can I now invite um, the closing address from Charlie, please? I'd just like to begin by saying thank you very much uh, for having me on so I could put across my views to the people of Baffins. Um, I'm standing to be a representative of you, so your priorities are my priorities, and I look forward to working forward and helping you as much as I can in the future. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, Charlie. And your closing address, please, Jason. Thank you, Ian. Um, yes, I'd just like to sort of repeat what I said before, which um, I've heard many times on the doorstep needed. Uh, and that trust is needed, um, and I think I can bring that to Baffins as, as a councillor. Um, Baffins needs a Labour councillor, um, and the North as a whole needs more Labour councillors to give a fair representation uh, of the ward. Um, I would urge everyone to vote for who they want to vote for, not to do a protest vote or anything like that, because at the end of the if you want somebody to, to be your councillor, you need to vote for them. Um, if you vote for me, I'll be extremely grateful um, and I will do everything I possibly help everybody that I can in the ward. Um, Thursday, the 5th of May, I pledge to be your voice on the council. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. And finally, 
Your closing address, please, Jeanette. Yeah, thank you. Um, obviously, I would like to carry on um, for a further four years um, with my main objectives and a voice for Baffin's Ward. And the main objectives are transparency and accountability, support for community groups, protection of the environment and community decision making. Now, a vote for me on the 5th of May will be a vote for the true independent. Um, Paul is incorrect because he's, he's with a party uh, and Portsmouth Independence Party will have rules and will have a leader and will have um, decisions to make as a group. I don't. I, I can be focused completely on Baffins. Um, I have decision making all of my own. Um, and that's in consultation with the community about how they want me to vote within uh, uh, Portsmouth City Council at full council. But most of the work, it will be done as a sort of a community work within uh, Baffins Ward. If that's what you want, then please vote for me as the only true independent for Baffins, because that's what Baffins need. It doesn't need the political parties. What it needs is an independent voice. And that voice is me. And I will give the power back to the community for this area. Thank you. Thank you, Jeanette. Simon. Okay, well, thank you very much, candidates. Um, that uh, brings the hustings to a close. Um, so I'd like to give our thanks uh, to Jeanette Smith, who's standing as an independent, uh, Jason Christopher, who's standing for Labour, and to Charlie Douglas, um, standing for the Conservative Party. Uh, thank you all three of you uh, for coming along um, this evening. Thank you very much to those of you who have been following along and adding your comments as we go. Uh, please... Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, um, follow us um, wherever you can, whether, whether you're finding us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, um, or whether you're listening wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and don't forget, our next show will be on Thursday where we have the Hustings for Nelson, um, where we have the uh, Liberal Democrat candidate Jason Fazakali, the Labour candidate Amy Gwyther, the Conservative candidate Spencer Gardner, and the Green candidate Duncan Robinson. Marvellous. And if you haven't heard enough of our voices, there is a chance um, you might catch myself and Simon as part of a wider piece on uh, politics in Portsmouth on Radio Solon on Thursday. So tune in there. But this evening, you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And I've been Simon Sandsbury. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. If you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live, we normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening, then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa. Play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music. Alexa, the latest episode. stop. See? It's easy. <laughs>